0: You're listening to The Bookkeeper's Podcast, sponsored by Centre by Iris, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. Here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to The
1: Bookkeeper's Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood and we're also really excited to be joined by Melissa Curran today. Hi, Melissa. How are you?
2: Hi, Zoe and Joe. Yeah, really good and excited to be on the podcast. So thanks for the
0: invite. Oh no, you're welcome, Joe. How are you doing? We haven't had a podcast for a week. I know. We just felt like we were <laughs> we we'd forgotten what we were doing. Isn't it funny? We're so used to doing it every week, and then we had a week off last week because we were at Accountex. Can't believe that was a week a week ago already. Um, but no. it excited to be back and learning more about teams. Oh, what a great topic. I think, um, you know, growing
1: teams is something we probably don't expect we're gonna need to do when we start a business. I think certainly Mm. for bookkeepers in our community, often you think, you know, I'm gonna start a business, I'm gonna do some bookkeeping and get paid, I'm in control, like it's nice and easy. And then lots of bookkeepers come into our world at a point where they're very busy and thinking perhaps it's time to bring somebody into the team. But don't know how to approach that, or make that make sure that person is sort of part of the team. So I'm really excited to explore this with Melissa today. Um, Melissa, do you want to start by telling us a bit about what you do? Uh, yeah, um, and and some great
2: topics there. That, that and and sort of thank you for setting the scene, sort of with the audience. Uh, one thing I would like to say before I go into that is just listening to what you said. I think it's a privilege um, as a business to get to that point where you can employ people. You're doing it, you're, you're getting to that point because you're rocking your business and pe- you're in demand. <laughs> I think like celebrate that first and therefore you're bringing people into this amazing world that you've created. Um, so I am Melissa Curran. I'm the CEO and founder of the Modern Mind Group. Um, I'm all about emotioneering and I call it emotioneering because when you know we are humans. We're in human performance, not engineering it. Uh, it's not like we can just say two plus two equals four, and you know, outcomes. Oh, outcomes! All these amazing uh, outcomes, and you know, we we are human beings, and regardless of who we are, whether even when you have someone that is very storm faced, very um, controlled in front of you, might be an executive of the board, the first thing that happens to us is an emotional response. Um, so to understand how we work as two humans uh, to understand how uh, we can grow teams get the best out of people for a high performing team um, but also know how we come across as a leader those things are, are, are really key so the way I help people um, I'm a, a consultancy so a people operations and performance consultancy so I look at Uh, obviously consulting businesses on how they recruit their staff, how they train their staff, induct them, um, all of those amazing things, but also get kind of key engagement or better results and happier workplaces uh, for people to be. Um, So that's what I do. Training, coaching comes under that, a lot of workshops, um, and that could be from a leadership team, it could be an executive team, but I'm not the type of consultant to be hands-off. I don't just kind of go, oh, here's the solution for you. I mean, unless that's what people want, but it, ultimately it's about implementation for me to to really help my clients grow um, through what they do and, and get the results that they're looking
1: for. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Oh, I love that. We are the perfect person for this conversation today. So thank you for coming along. And um, so, OK, one of the things we yeah, definitely a crunch point for bookkeepers in our community is that they will get very up of work I suppose there's a lot coming in they're getting quite good at like finding leads and um, having those conversations and finding clients and then it becomes very busy and people will be at a point where they're like right I just need someone to take on the work and you you sort of mentioned about um how we should be thinking about cultures and maybe it's not just about just bringing an extra pair of hands in as someone who can get that work done so what do, just taking a step back to the beginning for people who are at that very first point of bringing somebody into the team how do we make sure that we employ the right people in the first place Oh, what a question Zoe oh, we're, we're here for three hours
2: right no i'm chicken uh, okay so let me let me give you some of the, the the key principles when it comes to to bringing in the right people first of all uh, when you mention culture culture starts with you and the DNA of your business when you start it now it can evolve of course we know that when DNA meets DNA it creates a new you know a new DNA um Hence, babies are born and all that stuff. But no, it's it's the DNA starts with you. So your values, your mission statements, the things that you're looking for, you have to be very clear on those to begin with. What's your story and your brand story as a business to help people buy into that? Because yes, they can come in and, and, and help you shape it, but they're not necessarily coming in to build it unless you're looking for a business partner or, or you know someone to join your team on that kind of I- I- executive level. So that's what I would say, Um, for anyone that's listening to this, there is a brilliant book by Bernadette Dewar, um, it's spelled J-I-W-A, an Australian lady that wrote a book called Purpose Driven. Now, if you read that book, in there it has some really key questions that I would suggest you grab a cup of tea, sit down, and you go through them and really pinpoint those values before you start to look at recruiting. Second thing that I would do, I would look at really clearly what do you what do you want this person to do for you in an ideal world what are they going to be replacing are they going to be replacing you as the salesperson are they replacing you as the the bookkeeper so they're taking on you know those um sort of tasks working with the clients directly are they your social media and your marketing support are they so what what function what are they going to take away or support you with um, because as a leader, we also have to accept that we have to give. Uh, you know, in order for people to grow, we have to sort of give and, and delegate these things to them. So we have to be very clear about what what we want them to do. Once once you've got that, then you've got to think. Well, actually, how how do I currently do this now? So if you know, Zoe, you're a fantastic bookkeeper, I'm sure, and everything that you do. Um, if you were going to set out a step. By step process for I don't know um, doing reconciliation, or so, I don't know something that someone's got to do uh, on a weekly uh, by you know weekly or, or monthly basis. How would they do that from start to finish? Now we do things a lot of the time without realizing how we do them. So just to take that time and block it in your schedule, and you're thinking, oh, but I'm really busy. What am I going to do? Oh, but I need that person. I got the time to figure it out. You've got to find the time because what's going to happen is you're going to need to answer those questions. And now that person's there. You've interviewed them and they're there. Now you're going, oh, hang on. But now I've got to transfer this. And I don't even know how I did it myself. So take the time to plot out as if you are you already have that person, what it would look like. And these are called standard operating procedures. Whilst it sounds very cold, very admin-like, uh, there's ways you can do that. You can create your videos of, of how you do those things, um, you can do it as a document, you, it might be audio, you might have email templates, but try and get the, even if it's two or three of them, to, to understand what you're gonna be passing over to that person. And then the third piece is definitely the emotioneering aspect. Is when you are looking for these star players. So it, when we talk about a bookkeeping industry and and a lot of the clients that I work with, they're service industry. You're offering a service to somebody, and therefore, especially when you're recruiting your first people, you they they're going to need to be potentially multi-skilled. So whilst you you're going to maybe give them one thing, they're going to have to interact with your clients as well as with you. So you can't have someone that's maybe just um, not much of a generalist and, and and very specialist because how is that going to help you as the business kind of evolves so that that would be my that's my suggestion you can get someone specialist if you like that's that's you know that's your business but that's my recommendation so the way I do that is that I have um a model called the greet model now this is available in my book as well which we can talk about later uh, Emotionary and Business Results and in that The GREET model is an acronym um, and it stands or a mnemonic, um, which stands for genuine, recognition driven, empathetic, enthusiastic and team player. Okay, so when you think about that, if you're thinking um, and I know I'm talking a lot here, but like I said, it could be a three hour answer uh, with a lot of the information that I know. But if if we look at genuine, right, if you're interviewing someone in front of you does the movie match the subtitles are there things that are they being congruent with what they say or is there something that's making you and and that happens a lot and sometimes that can just be their presentation skills it could be a bit of nerves but you've really got to think is this a you know is this a genuine human being that's going to be able to connect with me as well as my clients right so that's the first thing secondly recognition driven are they achievement focused do they want to do a good job now not to the edge of competition that they want to do things above everybody else and kind of um, you know we, we could go into that a little bit that would be a fun conversation but you know are they recognition they want to do a great job they want to achieve things and you can see that in whether they um, participate in sports whether if you ask them what's their greatest achievement can they can they sort of um, you know talk about it Enthusiasm. I don't think any of us—us three, Zoe, Joe, me—no one would say that we're unenthusiastic on this on this podcast, right? And on this interview. So, what energy are they giving you? Because if they're not giving you this energy in this interview, what energy are they going to bring to work every day? Um, Empathy. Can they actually be an empathetic human being to your clients, to you, to the circumstances, to life? Um, Really dig in to some of the questions on that. And lastly, a team player we don't fly solo it's not going to happen they were not you know it's not like watching suits right <laughs> work, work is very much about how how we involve how we appreciate uh, the other people in the team and and okay as a team grows we get some personalities that we have to coach uh, mentor and support to be more team player like because they could come across as it but actually when they get in the door things start to change eagle starts to take us on a new direction um and and we could have to do some coaching there but you want to find that team player on the face of it because otherwise like I just said you're going to be coaching them um which is going to be quite a difficult job to begin with so I hope that
0: that helps in that question that is that is amazing I love that and what I, what I like is that you didn't say they're like qualifications and like so this is how and I always felt like I was a bit woo woo when I've been when I've recruited people because I really do it on a lot of gut feeling about how how the conversation goes. If I want uh, that empathy is so important to me and my and my clients. I I am like wear my heart on my sleeve. I I really like you know I want my clients to see me as a confidant around all areas, not just the finances. You know because business. Is a personal thing as well as a business, you know. That it's life, and I want, and I, and I've always wanted to, to be able to grow. I've needed my team to be like me, um so I definitely have. And we we spoke on the panel last week at Accountex about the fact that I don't necessarily advertise a job as full time or part time. I I want to find the right person because I know whatever hours they give, they 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 want to. They want to achieve. They want to help. They're they're empathetic. They want to, you know, be part of the team, and that will be so much valuable. It doesn't matter how many hours they've got. They will add value regardless of the hours that they've got. So I love that. I love that, and I I I'm definitely going to keep that in mind going forward. But I think it's been quite natural. Now, don't get me wrong. I've made some mistakes in the past. I've made where I made mistakes is I recruited for a problem that I had that I didn't know how to solve. So I got someone in the specialist, but I didn't actually know how to solve the problem myself. So I abdicated my role and that's always failed me. Whereas when I've thought, right, I'm doing this, I know how to do it, but I need to leverage my time. I can systemize this and pass this on to someone else. That's always worked. So, I mean, it, it's, it's really difficult when you're new, to think about those things, because sometimes there will be something you think, well, I don't know how to do that. I just want someone else. And there are ways that you can grow your team without always employing people. You can, And like we have a lot of collaboration and, you know, people can mentor each other and things like that. But when I employed and said, well, I don't know this, I'm going to employ someone to do that. And they come in a bit higher than me. It didn't kind of work. And it caused a real and again, their culture, the culture thing is so so important because they came in with their own ideas on how to do that thing so I think it's oh, there's so much to this so much and I know I've got maybe one of the bigger teams in the community because I've got 12 people in my team and it has felt very much um and they're all remote because I work from home so I'm managing people so that's that's quite different but I've had teams in my physical office as well and we don't always get it don't always get it right do we but I think going in with this this kind of this great what you've said there it just is such a great starting point for somebody thinking about it
2: yeah so so oh, some amazing points that you've made there Joe. and you're right we don't I mean I only I can only talk with this conviction and with this confidence because I've made those mistakes I've been part of companies. Thankfully, I was recruiting people with somebody else's money before. Now I'm recruiting it with my own. It's a very different ballgame. And, you know, if you are listening, you're recruiting for someone else's business. Ask yourself if this was my money, would I make that decision? Right. And because when it is, it is an emotional thing. It's really some really key points that you brought up there, Jill. Um, But, you know, if you use the Greek model so take your 12 people, for example, Jill, um, and congrats, by the way, to get to that level in, uh, in, in the business, you know, it, it takes time to, to get there and to have the patience as a business owner to persevere to, to grow your team is, is just fantastic. So congrats. But if you take those 12 people and you say to yourself, right, let me list them all and let me put greet alongside them. And now what I'm going to do is on a out of a scale of 10 sorry to your team that might be watching, um, but however, for a scale of 10, all of those things, let me mark them out of 10, what they would, where they would score. And then what you're gonna end up with is one of the strongest people that matches that. And then what can sometimes happen when we interview people is that we use the bias and the comparison between the two people we're recruiting instead of the star player that we have in the team. So what you could do is take the person that scores the highest in greet, ask them the interview questions and how they would answer and record them, whether in an audio like this, because you ladies agree at it, uh, whether you have them in a video. And what you can do is watch that video prior to every interview you do, because now you're comparing, against the best in class versus just the other people that you're interviewing. So
1: that's a really good pro tip for you. Oh my goodness that's a brilliant idea. I love the idea of that benchmarking about like what you already know. It's of course like that's it isn't it we're like we've got a selection of people how do we pick the best well actually what what is our standards. I love that. Um okay what do you how do you motivate your team to get the best results? One of the things we talked about is how we're like bringing people in, like we've built our businesses out of love and passion because there's something we know how to do. We want to do it. We want to serve our clients and look after them. We're now bringing people in who are um, not as invested in the success of our business. Of course, they want to, you know, have a job for the future and all of that stuff and they're going to do their best work. But how do we get them to see the business uh, in the way that we do and really. Invest in. Ah, such a good, again, very in depth question. So, I was very honored to uh,
2: attend the Employee Engagement Summit last week. So, what you're talking about is engagement. So, engagement is classified as the discretionary effort that Joe touched on earlier, this person that just wants to make things better, that really wants to give their all. So the way and what matters in order for someone to have that level of engagement is how connected they are to the work. Now, connection for that person, you brought up motivation, Zoe. Uh, the, the connection for that person it will be about what their motivation or driver is. Now, people will say, oh, they're very motivating actually the psychologist will say the motivation comes it comes from us um it's more about that person either unlocking or giving us that courage or that empowerment uh to, to kind of or influence to go forward so it matters what matters to them is my point now what a lot of um leaders that i work with haven't done yet is discovered exactly what that person wants and why so so what is it going to mean to that person um you know what what matters to them, not what matters to the business. Now there's there's three fields, isn't there? It's what matters to me, what matters to them, what matters to the business and, and our customers, right? But when we communicate in our language with our teams, often what we don't do is communicate with what's in it for them, like WIIFM, what's in it for me, everyone's favorite radio station. So if if we're communicating from a place of what it means to them, like for, for example, um, you just think of something. Well, you guys are, are quite you know, focused on numbers and obviously have to uh, complete things and, and fill things in and, and and all of those documentation stuff that you've got to do. But say, for example, you were asking someone to complete something that they hadn't completed uh, consistently over three times. Uh, a leader that is not aware of the language that they use may say, can you just fill that in for me? Can you fill that in for me? Uh, Zoe asked you last week, can you, can you fill that in for me by tomorrow, please? Now, the thing is for that person, they have no purpose or attachment to what you're asking them to do. Otherwise, they'd be filling it in anyway. Um, and secondly, the language that I'm using there is saying for me instead of for you. So it's it takes longer, right? It takes longer to have a different sentence and the language would change like this. So if I knew that, Zoe, do you like Jimmy Choo's? Do you like Jimmy Choo's shoes? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say no to some. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. Um, so there <laughs> Yeah, if you want to send them in, sponsor the podcast, everything else um, So yeah, so let's take it as, I don't know, you want Jimmy Two Shoes, right? And I say to you, so Zoe, now those Jimmy Two Shoes that you're really looking to get in the next couple of months? Mm-hmm. When you complete the reports that I've been asking you about for the last couple of weeks, you're going to know exactly where you're at and how close you are to hitting your bonus to get in those shoes. Do you see how filling that in is going to be much
1: more important for you? Yeah, it's aligned with me. It's aligned with me <laughs> with and you. my purpose. Yeah.
2: But if I don't know that about you and I haven't spent the time to actually find out, then my conversation is probably going to be leaning more to the business or to. So it, again, it comes to our intention as leaders. Like, are we spending time with people to find out what really makes them buzz and what they're interested in? I mean, I've worked with teams where all they wanted was Nando's chicken. <laughs> That's that's okay. So get them excited about Nando's chicken. But but also on a level of what is that individual? They want to get married. They want a new job. They want to get a car. Will it mean a different future for their kids? What is it? Um, And then we can change
0: our language to get them engaged to connect with what they want to do. And the thing is, when you change your language like that, you can help your clients as well. Because when we're having conversations with our clients and asking them to produce reports and send us in the receipts, which they don't see the point of doing, but you can say, if you do that, we can tell you how much close you are to getting your villa in Spain or, you know, putting the deposit down on your new home or taking the kids to Disneyland. But you need to know what the goals are for them so you can have those conversations and something I I don't know where I learned this from but uh, something we've uh, introduced into our team is asking asking our team members now and again just sporadically if we could take one of the jobs one client or one task that you that you really don't like away from you what would it be and then they tell us and we take it away from them and someone else will swap it for something else and they'd be happy to do it and then they, but they have to take on something else, but they're usually happier. So it's about, rather than just having these roles where everyone, you know, just there's just sometimes someone niggles them, you know, and it's just a connection thing. And they really are so grateful that we are listening to them and understanding and not just giving it to, and just saying, well, it's your job, you've got to do it. They've got a bit of choice and that's really, really helped. And, and also I, what you said about individual goals um, I, I lot of my clients are salon owners so they have teams and we talk to them a lot about getting their teams to reach the targets they need to do to make the company profitable um, but we always have the conversation don't assume it's around money don't assume that they want a bonus because sometimes they don't we've had some really funny like one team they just they've just been to manchester for the weekend and they all wanted to go to a spa together and not be the people doing the spa treatments but receiving it together (laughs) and and then there was a bit of market research as well really and they like really enjoyed that and for our team recently we just had like everyone had had stuff going on life going on and it was all a bit down everyone and i said to my sister who's my business partner what can we do like we didn't really have the money just to go here's money but we didn't feel like that would have been the right thing everyone had just had they needed i don't know so we just gave them a thursday afternoon off no one had to um take any holiday and we shared it in our client group and all of our clients were like Wow, what a nice and for us as well. We we said we were having the off like no one was. our um, whatsapp group was muted. We weren't allowed to do anything. And um, we did say everyone had to share one photo of something like out of the house because we all work from home. Like we was like that was the thing. You had to get out of your house. You weren't allowed to work. And we had. Uh, I went to the garden center. Boring, but I had a great time. And then a couple of the other people went to the beach, and someone else took their child to the park, and and it was so uplifting. Um, and it wasn't about money. Okay, obviously, it might have cost us a bit, but it didn't. Because do you know what? They all they all still manage their deadlines around it. So it didn't matter.
2: But that time, you've just said it, is much more precious than money. And to be giving people time that they know they could do anything. Plus, I love a good garden centre. I went to... <laughs> dobbies on the weekend and I absolutely fell in love with it for the first time I was like oh look at this um yeah and it, but you the fact that you're even just listening to them Joe, just shows that you're right it's not just oh let me just throw you some cash for this um so you know it sounds like you've got a really good team dynamic there and it's it's great that you're able to share that experience with people here today so
1: yeah I bet the team loved it I'd love to see those pictures as well you should share them <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that because you're just seeing like a little bit of everyone's lives and it just helps you get to know everybody, doesn't it? Okay. Melissa, one of the words that you keep using throughout this uh, conversation is leader, leadership. I expect that most of the bookkeepers watching this never, ever thought that they were going to become a leader by running their own business. How aware do we need to be of the idea that we've become a leader by bringing people into our teams? And how do we like, how do we manage that and step into being the best version of a leader that we can be. Okay, so one of the things that Joe said, um, which I absolutely loved, Zoe, great question, Zoe. But I loved what Zoe.
2: Zoe, I'm I'm just joining your names together now.
1: Zoe, um, like, <laughs> Zoe, Zoe, Joey. Whatever you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe mentioned earlier that you know that empathy and that connection with the clients to trust you, it ultimately. It, it, there has to be that for your clients to be able to send you their data, to share their world with you, to share their dreams with you. So one thing I would say is before you have any clients, you are, um sorry, before you have any employees, you are a leader. You absolutely are. Because if you weren't, no one, there'd be no social proof, no one would buy into you and you'd have no clients. Like ultimately leadership is about helping someone get to somewhere else and and kind of help them on the journey. You're you're solving things for people, you're supporting people uh, and you're taking them forward. If you can do that for your clients, you can do it for your team. The difference is the way we feel about it when we've employed someone or someone's working with us and also there's a financial implication. But if we connect that to, but there's financial implication of everything we do with our clients too then we can start to kind of level that out. You you are already a leader. What we can improve is how we communicate in the workplace to draw on that engagement, to build the culture, to do all the amazing um, activities and initiatives that that Joe was talking about just now. So so you are. Leadership, though, I would say is a very visual thing. Um, You'll hear John C. Maxwell talk about this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you aren't showing that you care they're not going to feel connected to you and they won't trust you. Uh, they won't talk to you about their life, about their cats, about, you know, those things like you've got to be able to connect with them in order to help them develop and and kind of unlock their potential. And and, and there was, um, I worked for, uh, before I started my own consultancy firm, a company called uh, Frontline Performance Group. And it was started by Ziad Corey. And the whole theme that runs through the whole of the business, and you might want to write this one down to those that are listening as well, is relationships and results equal your reputation. Now that happens internally and externally as well. So if you're letting people down in terms of relationships, but you're trying to drive the results, then your reputation is going to be down. If you're only getting results, but nobody likes you, again, it's, you know, it, it it's two way. If you've got all the fluffy stuff and it's great and we have a brilliant team, but we're not getting any results, your reputation, you know, you're not going to, going to, going to last long. So it is about having that that balance but just remember it, it. it is visual it's it's not just what you say it's it's how you show up every day how you stay consistent how you don't let people down how congruent you are in the answers that you're you're, you're giving people and sometimes you're not going to know the answer just admit it <laughs> like that that is better for your leadership um like joe was saying well actually i don't really understand this this piece and i got in a specialist um or well, coming back to that bit there was a a book that was recommended um, to me that was called who not how. And there is a point in the business where I believe that it does have to be who not how, like as in, I I need to understand it, but I don't need to now do this myself. But we do need to be generalists as as business leaders and to understand what our strengths are and not our weaknesses, what our blind spots or our undiscovered areas are. Like, well, I don't know whether I can deep sea dive. I've never done it. (laughs) So either I've got to attempt it and figure it out, <laughs> or I, maybe I'll leave it undiscovered. But also there's things that are happening that maybe we don't know about. Like, for example, if someone says, you know, you've you've canceled the last two meetings with me on a now Did you did you realize that, that you haven't done that before? Is everything OK? Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, have I started being inconsistent? Have I started, you know, why am I doing this? So we've got to be able to kind of receive the feedback as well about some of the things that we're doing
0: and and kind of reflect
2: on on stuff too
0: yeah absolutely and I think I think we've got to be kind to ourselves as well as long as we're being like I, I make mistakes but I am very quick even I'm I'm not one of those leaders that can um i admit that i get things wrong and i big my team up because they're so much better at the job i did know it used to how to do the job but now then i wrote the systems and then they got on with it and now they've updated the systems and i you know, half the time, I don't really know, they're just amazing at what they do. And I kind of see, and my role has massively changed, massively changed. But this is, I've been in the industry 20 years. So it's taken time. So think, be kind to yourself. I think someone asked earlier, are we talking about employees or subcontracted? I, when I talk about my team of 12, I talk about a mixture. It's a mixture because it works for different people. It's, you know, for different roles, but everybody's part of the team. We all make The team, we're all in the same, and we've got a WhatsApp group, and I treat everybody the same. They're all, you know, helping the business to grow, and um, and it it doesn't really matter whatever works best for them. Everyone has different reasons as to whether they want to be employed or they're subcontracting, and that's but it's still a team. And um, but sometimes we get it. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I am, you know, too much in the work, and I forget that I should be leading. And what can we do if like? If we maybe we've got a new team, a small team, and we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not getting this right. How can we improve the relationship with the people in our team? So that's a good
2: question. It's That's going to be multi-sided. First of all, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be down to your self-belief and what you believe you can improve on in terms of, of what is happening. One thing is your, your people, you do... It's visual. You do have to be the lighthouse. You are the person, and the reason I say lighthouse is you are there ward your team, away from the rocks. If you are on the rocks, going, oh, come and get. You can talk about your vulnerability <laughs> from a from a place of strength. So my point is not in the moment. If you're feeling over my, if you are feeling overwhelmed with your leadership and you're not you're not sure of of what how to communicate with them, things that aren't going so great. Then, of course, you could speak to someone like myself and have some leadership coaching or some employee coaching to understand how you can support that. It doesn't mean you have to take on a full on um, HR leader and start employing someone for, you know, 12 months of the year, especially when you have a small team. So finding the right people consultant to have that conversation with because you it's coaching. If if um if I wanna uh, I don't know, let's think, oh well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the best with my books, ladies. Uh, so if I wanna know about how to be better with my accounts, I'm gonna go and speak to an accountant. If I do wanna be better in terms of how I'm feeling out of my depth with um my my employees and and the communication and the things that I do to set up. Then, then get a people consultant. And and that doesn't, yes, I'm on the podcast. And of course it could be me if you're buying into this, but find someone that works for you, someone that you feel connected to that you can have those conversations or get a mentor that has been further down the line um, on, on those things. And then you're gonna be better um, equipped to support your team. And still be the lighthouse for them um, without feeling like, you know, like I said, you're you're in that vulnerable spot. You can then share the
1: story from the
2: vulnerability from a place of strength. So I hope that um, helps.
1: I think that's really important, actually, to just know sometimes that we're not going to know this. Like this is new. Management might be new for you if you're running a business. And one of the questions that came up earlier in our chat, um, Kath said, it, are we talking here about employing or subcontracting? And it's the same, isn't it? Like whoever you're, whenever you're bringing somebody into the team, it's a massive learning curve. Like this this is a new way of working for you. You haven't done it before and there's going to be some challenges. So it's like being aware. And I love that, you know, what you said about, Oh, I love what you said about talk about your vulnerability from a place of strength I had to write that down because I think you, when you have one person in your team it's really easy to just be like oh there's someone else here great let's just share everything and you know put a lot of sort of responsibility onto that person and um the Joe always talks about being an open book and I think that's really important but we also know that there's a like to be able to be seen as the leader that we need to be we need to think about what it is that we're talking what those conversations are and how we make sure that we're supporting our team in the right way and sometimes the person we need to speak to about managing our team better isn't our team member it's somebody who has been there before us
2: yeah and that's a good point i i I had a conversation last week as well with someone that talked about you know being your authentic self right (laughs) Being being your authentic self. Well, you know, as a leader, you've got you've got to understand that there's going to be consequences for certain ways that we come across it is visual, there are things that are good, that perception is reality, a lot of these things, they, they exist, right. Another thing is we do care about what people think about us, because meaning for relationships actually can be argued to be the one of the most motivating things in life. Like it, it, it just is because when we get to the end of life and we're going to turn around and go, well, oh, are we happy about the things we did? I'm really happy about the people I had around me. That's, you know, that, those are kind of conversations that, um, that through research that we have found out, uh, coming, coming back to that point about the conversation that I had about authentic self is, well, yeah, I'm not just going to turn. <laughs> I'm there as a leader to, Open up the blinds, let the light in transfer that energy of course I want to have my own counsel like I was just talking about and maybe I've got my support network is my husband or you there ha, there's a time and a place and again that comes down to emotional intelligence um and there's a there's this um disconnect at the moment between mental health and emotional intelligence and where that kind of line lies you know if you if is it right to just turn up and say to team, actually I have not really really terrible day today. Just, are you really going to start your meeting off like that? You could cancel the meeting or postpone it or say, guys, like something's come up today. I'm going to, like I said, come from a place of strength. Let's have a conversation later today or tomorrow. But are you really going to turn up and start bearing all? Bearing because that isn't going to be, it's, it's not going to be conducive for for anyone in the team to support your clients, to support you, to support them. So there is definitely something to, to be said for just acknowledging that there is that kind of line in in, in terms of how how we show up to people on a daily basis. Um, make sure that you have got someone to support to and that you can be, um, you know, your, your, your extremely vulnerable self with. But it, it doesn't have to necessarily be in front of your team is definitely a message that I wanted to share here.
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to p- point out a little comment that we had from Louisa before we wrap up. Um, Louisa has said, um, she said, I've just taken on my first subcontractor. And you said at the beginning, um, you, you know, about you congratulated people who've been at that point of like bringing people in. She said, i would never thought about it meaning that things are successful, but you're right. It totally does mean that. And it totally does, Louisa. Like we are celebrating that. <laughs> it's a big sport. It feels massive when you bring somebody else in. And um, I'm yeah, super happy for you. So well done. Oh.
2: It is, it is amazing. Congratulations, Louisa. It absolutely is. I'm glad that you're celebrating that. And and the line between employee and um and subcontractor, is if you can influence someone without any power, they don't have to listen to what you say, they don't need to listen to what you do. If you can influence and support and have a great relationship with someone, the accountability piece it can be the last thing that we ever need to look at. It doesn't have to be the first thing. And, and often when you employ someone and we're talking about an employee, it can often be about, well, they're meant to do this and they're not meant to do this. And, and we can end up being um, very driven towards the expectation and accountability route. There should always be expectation, but it, it, it's around the, the communication and those relationships that you have with people that will really help you to, to support them. And come from a, a trusting, um, compassionate leadership stance rather than an autocratic, fearful leadership stance. Um, and there's there's definitely a difference there.
1: Oh, absolutely love speaking to you today, Melissa. I think you're right. We could have gone on for three hours, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah,
2: you can just you could just read the book. It's fine. <laughs> Tell us about, tell us about the book that okay. so I, as a, <clears throat> here's something i prepared earlier. so this Ooh. is my uh, best selling book uh, emotioneer in business results uh, how to improve team performance so that you get record breaking results um improve uh, sorry high employee engagement and world class results at that um basically the book is um a people operations and performance blueprint it's the emotioneer in business blueprint um it covers all sorts of stages, the things we've talked about today, engagement, culture, uh, recruitment, finding the right fit, people stuff. Uh, it talks about activities. It talks about the leadership aspects of, well, how do you do all this stuff and how do you overcome those roadblocks? Um, so I'd really suggest it to anyone as uh, it is my life's work. I've, I've Everything that I know is in that book. I have not held back. Um, so yeah, you know, get yourselves a copy and, and let me know what you think of it. Um, I've done it to be able to help people that are exactly where you're talking about today, Zoe, that are like, well, what do I do now? Um, put the, let's put the foundations in place and make an amazing environment for your people. And I can promise you that the performance will come from that. So, yeah.
1: Amazing. And Melissa, how can everyone connect with you if they want to find out more about what you do?
2: Well, yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, on um, Instagram. I'm even on TikTok now, which is quite good. So you can look me up on at Melissa Curran underscore. Um, or you can also go to the website, which is modernmindgroup.co.uk. Um, I'll have a little look at uh, some of the things on there and, and by all means reach out. Um, and yeah, I'd love to have a conversation if you are looking to improve team performance
1: um and and what you think of the book if you get that too so yeah amazing well thank you so much thanks everyone for joining us today thank you for all the questions that have come up in the chat I know we're going to have a conversation after this and answer some of those questions as well um Melissa thanks so much for your time today
0: and uh, we'll be back next week for another podcast thank you so much ladies Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with topical bookkeeping chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.